Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Football Friday on June the 24th, 2022. If you're listening on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com, I do appreciate you tuning in here. Also, if you have uh, decided to listen to this in the future, magically in the future, by downloading the podcast, which we upload every single day, you can find those podcasts. You can follow the link uh, from ESPNTucson.com, or you can go to the podcast sites that you download your podcast from, whether it be Apple or Amazon or TuneIn or Stitcher or any other places you can get your uh, your podcast. You can find the Jeff Dean Show there. Regardless, I appreciate you, and I have appreciated you for the uh, amount of time that I've been on the air here in Tucson. Um, if you uh, if you didn't know, today is my final show, my final uh, my final radio show here on ESPN Tucson. I will still be involved with the radio station and doing some things you'll still hear me i'll still be kicking around i will still be announcing arizona football this upcoming season i will still be announcing arizona basketball this upcoming season um this situation where i had to uh, i had to step away i'll talk about it at the end of the show i don't want to get sappy on you guys here but uh uh, still got plenty of things to talk about today and you don't want to hear about that right now anyway so we're going to uh continue talking sports here we talked nba draft the chunk of the of hour number one was NBA draft as look as it should have been um, big night for the Wildcats last night and you know it'll be interesting to see how Arizona can use this to their advantage in recruiting get three players drafted in the top thirty three picks I mean that's one every eleven picks <laughs> you break it down that's pretty damn good um, I will say this last night. Uh, I was just kind of, you know, knocking around Twitter and stuff once I got uh, once I got off work late last night. I was going around Twitter just to kind of see the reactions from people and stuff. And Sean Miller, who now has a Twitter account now that he's been named as the the head coach at Xavier, I, I think Sean is is loosening up a little bit. Sean never wanted to get involved in social media. Um, I know that last season, before he even had a Twitter account, that he had opened up a burner Instagram account. And uh, so I got I was able to check that out because mutual friend was like, yeah, if you want to see his uh, burner Instagram account, go to this. And I was like, OK, <laughs> I checked it out. Look, I like Sean a lot. I, I consider Sean a friend, even even if he doesn't consider me a friend, you know, in you know, in kind or whatever. We had a great relationship in the time that I was uh, that I was there with Arizona basketball. Sean was the one that was basically directly involved in my hiring as the PA announcer uh, at Arizona for uh, for men's basketball um, and he made it a point to go out of his way to introduce himself to me on the first day that I was on campus there for a game and he went out of his way to always allow you know me access to things that other people did not have access to um, Sean was you know and still is a very guarded individual and rightfully so he should be uh, this is a, a cutthroat business in college basketball, and he opened the doors for me and opened him, opened himself uh, to me as we would sit and have breakfast or lunch or dinner together or just sit at practice or just walking into the practice facility 
together. For some reason, he and I always ended up walking together or in the same elevator or, oh, I mean, it happened all the time. Um, I remember my first road trip, uh, the first road trip that I went on was the Washington trip. It was Seattle and Pullman. And it was cold and it was rainy in Seattle and we're walking into the gym at Seattle University where they had their uh, they had the practice the uh, the day before the game against UW and we're walking in and it's it's probably i don't know it's probably in the low 50s it's pouring rain outside and you know we have to walk from the bus up this up these ramps to get into Seattle U and Sean and I are walking together and he's like man this weather he goes kind of far from from uh, from Phoenix huh and I said yeah I said I actually had to buy a jacket for the trip and he looked at me like I was like from another planet, like like I had an arm growing out of my head or something. Like like what? And I was like, yeah, I don't I don't own a jacket. I don't own like a raincoat. I don't own a jacket. I said I wear shorts year round in Phoenix. I'm I'm just I'm kind of like a big polar bear in that way. I I like to be cold, which is weird why I live in Phoenix, but nonetheless, uh, I don't really get cold. So as long as it doesn't get below like. 60 and windy i can wear you know like just like a, like a thin long sleeve t-shirt uh or long sleeve shirt and, and a pair of shorts and, I, and i'm good but I, I had to buy a jacket for the trip because i was like well it's going to be cold and rainy in seattle i better buy something and uh so i'm like what do you think and I, i'm putting the jacket he's like looking at me like i guess that makes sense you know so you know we, we get through the trip we get home from from pullman washington i think no, the game didn't go into overtime, but it, the game got drawn out for some reason. I can't remember exactly why or what happened. The game, the game uh, against Wazoo was it, it had dragged on. Um, it was it was taking forever to get finished. I think I think I think Padilla was the uh, was the official that lead official that night, and there was some kind of a discussion about whether a player stepped out of bounds, and it took him seven minutes to figure it out. I mean, it was ridiculous. Anyway, it was already a late start. We got home, and I'm, I'm not kidding. We got home. At, at the Tucson airport at like 3.30 in the morning is when the plane landed. It was like 3, 3.30, 3.45, somewhere around there. And we're all just kind of standing there waiting for our luggage and stuff. And Sean walks up to me, and he's like, he's like, hey, he goes, are you are you driving back to Phoenix tonight? Or, you know, and I'm like, I'm like yeah, yeah, I got to go home. The man literally opened up his home to me. Like, he's like, don't, don't drive that far. He's like, just, he goes, we got a spot. You're welcome to stay. I, I mean, this was the first the first road trip that I've been on with him. And ever since then, I, I I didn't take him up on the offer. I was like, hell no, I am not <laughs> I am not staying with with Coach at his house. They've seen enough of me this weekend. I am not going to be that person. I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm going to cup coffee and I'll I'll be good. I'll make the trip. I made it home fine, obviously. Uh, made it home safe. But the fact that he even offered in that moment. Just tells you what kind of a human being that he is, and uh, I have a hundred other Sean Miller stories that I probably will not share unless I write a book someday. They don't need to be shared on the air right now. They would all be pretty close to the same vein as the story that I just shared. He's a good people person. He really is. And last night he tweeted out one of the most respectful and classy tweets that I've seen out of any coach ever. He congratulated those three young men for getting drafted into the NBA, did not take any credit for himself, 
gave credit to the Arizona basketball program, the institution that it is. And that's the kind of person that Sean really, truly is. Like, that's, that is Sean, honestly, to the core. We've gotten to know him and his family, his, you know, his dad would, would, you know, would, would be, you know, around quite a bit. Former coach never wants to put it down. You know, coaches can't put down the clipboard. And, uh, and John was the same way. Got to know John really well. John, great guy. Love talking with John. Would talk to him for an hour at practice, just going over some things and talking about some stuff. And I learned a lot from him. Learned a lot from Sean. Uh, you know, just the whole family. And, uh, I, I, you know, really, really respect all of them, all of the Millers, uh, you know, the, all, both on the Miller side and, of course, Amy, his wife, wonderful, wonderful human being. And I wish, I wish them all the best in, uh, in Cincinnati because they're, they are good people. And I wish Sean all the best. And I'm, I'm his biggest fan, biggest cheerleader. <laughs> so, uh, when I saw his tweet last night, I was like, yep, that's, you know, you know, for all those years, when he wasn't on Twitter and he wasn't on any kind of social medias and he was the way that he was with the media, we all kind of thought he was that guy. And I'm just sitting there like, you know, biting my tongue. I'm like, not that guy. Like, that's not the person he is. That's the person he has to be to protect the program, to protect the people. And now things have relaxed a little bit. He's relaxed a little bit. And uh, you're seeing now kind of what I got to see on a daily basis around him when I, when I was with the team, obviously. So I thought that was pretty awesome of him last night and uh and uh, really got a uh a, you know got a got a good feel about it and I hope I hope other people were able to see that I retweeted it you know and I used my probably my favorite gif of all time is the the Robert Redford gif you know I, I can't remember the name of the movie Mountain Man or something like that where he's like you know the bearded guy out in the wilderness you know and he's just like kind of looking at him he's like gives him the nod you know the smile and the nod like I see you. Like, uh, you know, good on you. Like, you know, thanks. Recognize, right? I gave that one. I, I just felt like that was – I like to use that gif anytime I get it. I thought that was perfect. So I don't know if you all saw that, but the uh, the tweet from – and then, honestly, there were there were already – I think Sean had only tweeted it out like 45 minutes before. I think there were already something like 32 comments, all from Wildcat fans, all of them, saying, thank you, Sean. You know, people being very gracious with uh, with their comments, and uh, I thought that was good to see also. Because Wildcat fans can be, <laughs> listen, I, I've been one of them my entire life, so I know I've been around them my entire life. Family grew up. I grew up in a in a, in a house divided. My my biological father and his family were all like Arizona State people because my two uncles played football at Arizona State. My biological father played football at Wichita State before they shut their program down, but. You know, that whole side of the family was all Arizona State. My uncle played in two Fiesta Bowls, played against Matt Millen of Penn State in the Fiesta Bowl, like all that kind of stuff. Like, they were diehard Sun Devils. And my mom's side of the family, we all, that side of the family all went to U of A. My uncle was the drum major for U of A marching band that played at Super Bowl One. Like, you know, all those things. So <laughs> it was like two big families colliding, boom, you know, in this, this rivalry. And uh, uh, so, you know, I, I, I get it. I've been, I've been around the most diehard of Wildcat fans my entire life. So I get it. I know how Wildcat fans are. And I don't think Wildcat fans are all that much different from any other fan base who lives in a town where 
the university that is in that town or that city is kind of like the only sports outlet there, right? Arizona basketball, crown jewel of Tucson. Has been that way ever since Lute Olson took over and, and took that uh, took that program to new heights. Took him to a national championship. We take great pride in that as, as Tucsonans, right? Before that, it was the football team. The football team, you know, obviously the crown jewel of Tucson for many, many years. And I think that where it's going right now, when you look at the athletic department as a whole, damn, like, pick one. Pick a program. <laughs> because football's on the rise. Pretty sure basketball's in great hands right now. you got baseball, softball, the legacy, of course, left behind there. Arizona baseball, one of the great programs. In fact, was it was it Sports Illustrated, I think it was? Said that Arizona is one of the top ten programs in baseball history. Okay, yeah, I, I mean hard to hard to argue. I mean there's there's a lot of great you know programs out there that have come and gone. Arizona has stood the test of time, five world championships, five national championships, and then you look at you know the other programs on campus that are doing great, doing you know elevating themselves to great things, the golf programs, tennis programs, volleyball, gymnastics. On the rise, like you know, track and field. Track and field. Jordan Geist, amazing, amazing athlete, a, 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 a torch-bearing type of athlete for Arizona. Things are in great hands right now, and as Wildcat fans, we should be really enjoying this time because this is special. Like it really is. Like we're talking about a special time in Tucson and Arizona athletics, where you can buy a ticket to any of the program's games and get entertaining, compelling, competitive, uh, you know, uh, play and competition from any of the programs on campus. And that that is something that very, very few universities around this country can say. So enjoy it while it's here because, you know, it's not one of those things like where it's, you know, it's always going to be there. I mean, even the great Stanford has lulls football, basketball, whatever have you, baseball for a little while. So enjoy it while you have it. And I look forward to seeing you guys there. I want to see 35,000 people at the football games this year. I want to see, I mean, obviously I'll see Mikhail packed 14-4 every single game. But, uh, you know, come to the other programs as well. Come and see some of the other sports. I, I said all along, like, so, in case you didn't know, my like my plan three years ago was to move to Tucson and live there full time, work there full time, do the radio show, do the uh, you know be, you know be the announcer for football and basketball, and also open up a business down there, kind of continue my business from up here down in Tucson. Everything was going great. Then COVID hit, things got put on hold, and then everything kind of just fell apart. I'm not blaming COVID. It's not like it's not, you know, I don't, I don't harbor any ill will for the way this country treated the pandemic. Not, it's, you know, not my, not my place to, to say that. Uh, you know, you make, you make do with what you get. You, you, you work with the hand that you're dealt with, right? I don't, I don't blame any of it. Things changed, plans changed, and uh, things went a little differently. But the one thing that I was telling people, I'm like, I'm really looking forward to be a, being a season ticket holder for gymnastics and for baseball and for softball and being able to go and just drive down to campus, you know, take a you know, 12, 15-minute drive to campus 
and be able to watch great competition, watch student athletes, collegiate athletes play for, you know, for the love of the game for most of them because most of them are not going to play professionally. I was really looking forward to that. So that's like, that's like the one thing that I'm, that I'm upset about with like the whole not being able to move to Tucson and stuff like that and live there full time. I really wanted to be a part of other programs there. And as a fan, like I wanted to, I want, I, I wanted to get gymnastics season tickets. I really did. I was like, I've, I've never been to a gymnastics meet and I want to go so badly. They seem like, they seem like a great time. And it's, it's like 40 bucks for the year. <laughs> it's like super, you know, super affordable. So if you get a chance, if you have the means, and I know times are tough right now, $6 a gallon for gas, and inflation's on the rise, and it's costing, what was it, like $5 for a gallon of milk now. Like, I, I get it. Times are tough, and, and things are tight, and Tucson is not the financial mecca of the U.S. I get it. But if you get an opportunity to go and support your student-athletes and support your programs at, at, at U of A, I think it's, uh, I think it's worth your time, worth your money. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, talk some NFL, and then we'll talk some Arizona Cardinals coming up in just a little bit with our insider Tyler Drake coming up here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. Tyler Drake coming up in just about oh, about eight minutes from now. We'll talk some Cardinals with our Cardinals insider. Before we do that, though, I, you know, I was talking about U of A athletics. Obviously, uh, the football team is going to be next up, right? We got a, We got a summer here, and then Arizona takes the field September 3rd in San Diego for their first game of the season, uh, the second season of the Jetfish era at Arizona, and then they start their home schedule. And uh, the, the home schedule this year is awesome. Like it is so good. I, I'm I'm so incredibly excited about the teams that we have coming into Arizona Stadium this year with the new turf and everything on the on the uh, on the floor. You got an SEC school coming in right away. Mississippi State, Mike Leach <laughs> coming back to Tucson, and it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a show. I'm telling you, it's gonna be a show. That game kicks off uh, 8 p.m. It'll be a, obviously a late start there, uh, but. Come down and, and welcome your Jedfish 2022 era Wildcats to the uh, to the field that night as they take on Mississippi State on September 10th. Then a week later, North Dakota State, the team that nobody in Division One wants to schedule. There's a reason for that because they've won nine of the last 11 FCS championships. Nine of the last 11, and they're the defending champs. So they got North Dakota State coming in. Then they play or, uh, Colorado um, on October 1st. Then they got Oregon coming to town. Ducks are coming to town. They got a brand new coaching staff. They lost a lot of players, but they are retooling fast. Oregon's doing a pretty damn good job right now, not only in the in the transfer portal, but in recruiting for 2023. I think they're one of the top 12 teams in in the in the rankings right now as far as recruiting goes. They're doing a pretty good job up there in Eugene. They're rebuilding Oregon football. Then you got USC coming to town on Halloween weekend, Saturday, October 29th. Trojans are in town. Always good to play the Trojans in Tucson. Never want to play them in L.A. Uh, only problem is you have to deal with their fans. Their fans are horrible. And then 
They they finish up the season back to back home games. Wazoo coming to town on November nineteenth, and then you know who. The day after Thanksgiving, Friday, November twenty fifth, as it should be played in the daytime. One o'clock kickoff for that game on Friday, November twenty fifth, the Territorial Cup game. It is time to reclaim the cup after years of embarrassment under the previous regime. It is time to reclaim the cup, and I think they can do it this year. In fact, I know they'll do it this year. Just put it that way. So come on down, support your Arizona Wildcats football program coming up in uh, in September. I'll be there. I hope to see you there too. We're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll talk some Cardinal football with our Cardinals insider Tyler Drake next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on this football Friday. And it's time to talk some Cardinal football. We didn't get a chance to talk last week, but we are going to talk now with our Cardinals insider from Arizona Sports. He is Tyler Drake, and he joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Tyler, happy Friday to you. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you. Ready to uh, talk some NFL, talk some Cardinals. It'll be the last time we talk Cardinals, which is uh, is uh, sad to me, but it'll be the last time we're, uh, we're discussing it on, on the airwaves here, but nonetheless, happy to do it. And uh, and looking forward to a big NFL season. I think the Cardinals are going to factor in in a lot of scenarios, specifically in you know, I, I think in you know in the playoff race here in the NFC. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and just before we get into <clears throat> get into everything, you know, I just wanted to say thank you, man. You know, I, I appreciate uh, being able to come on and, and chat with you. You know, I know that we've known each other for quite a while now, and uh, definitely, definitely bummed that we won't keep uh, keep up the tradition. But just want to say thank you, and, and uh, yeah, can't thank you enough for just giving me the opportunity to be able to jump on and talk. Hey, my pleasure, man. You've earned it. Like, I mean. I wasn't just going to bring on some scrub that doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> so I got to bring on somebody that knows what they're talking about. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and I, I appreciate you for that, and and uh, I, I appreciate you recognizing that a, a lot, man. Like you have no idea. So yeah, definitely. But yeah, let's get let's get into it. You know, obviously, I think really, you know, the Cardinals do have a great shot at, at being one of those teams that are either fighting for that playoff spot or at least making it hard for another team to get into that playoff spot. I, you know, it's it's going to be tough with them getting over the to take over the Rams, I think, just because they're stacked. They have Allen Robinson as one of their wideouts along with Cooper Cup. So it's just it's going to be hard for them to win the division. But I definitely think there's a wild card spot is not out of the realm of possibility at all for this team. Where do you, where do you project their positioning in the NFC West? I mean, obviously, I, I know that DeAndre Hopkins is still in the process of appealing his six-game suspension for PEDs in the offseason. Uh, that's certainly going to weigh very heavily because the Cardinals did not get any breaks from the NFL in their first six weeks of the season schedule-wise. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. So, I, you know, the thing is, is it's just so weird. The, you know, the Cardinals are a huge question mark just because you have the Hopkins thing. Throw in the Rodney Hudson situation, which we don't really have any idea what's going on with that. And that's a big question mark. But also, you know, the Niners are a big question mark, too. So, I really think it's going to be Rams number one, and then it'll be a battle between the Cardinals and Niners to get that second spot. And then I think whoever's going to lose out on that gets number three, and then you have Seattle at four, which they've got to be number four. They, they, yeah. That team does not look good, doesn't seem good. The culture doesn't seem right. Like, there's no way Seattle's going to get out of the basement of the NFC West this year, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're one of the other three NFC West teams, you have to go 2-0 and against Seattle this year. They're, I mean, they're, just, they're going to be that bad. 
Yeah, you have to. Yeah, that's that's your that's your built-in must-win games. Absolutely have to do it. If you don't, you're you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I mean, you you lose a game to Seattle, uh, you're you're going to put yourself in a real tough spot if they come up and bite you. And here's the thing: is is every time the Cardinals play the Seahawks, it's a weird game. It is. And and I and I can still see that being being a couple of weird games, but it's to the point now where. There's no Russell Wilson, so the Seahawks can't pull a magical. You know, we're going to get a random safety or field goal to win this game. Like they've got to, they've got to, they've got to figure it out. And, and I think the Cardinals will be able to, you know, play competent enough to beat the team and not play down to their competition. Because let's be real, I mean, that's the worst team in the NFC West. That's that's one of the worst teams that maybe in the NFL this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's your take on the Rodney Hudson situation? You mentioned Rodney Hudson. He is uh, not showing up. Um, and you know, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, you know, in the, in the off season about, uh, you know, some of the players on the team being disgruntled. Apparently Rod Hudson was one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, going back to our other conversation, yeah, it does seem like there is something going on and, you know, what I really, you know, what really piqued my, you know, perked my ears up was the fact that it was unexcused. Uh, we asked Cliff, and then right after we talked to Cliff, you know, I got uh, some of the quotes from Kelvin Beecham. He joined our radio and, and basically said he was spending time with his family. He mentioned he just had a son. He's hanging with his daughter, like just taking care of family stuff. They're going to let the organization and, and him figure out everything else behind the scenes kind of thing. Justin Pugh, we talked to him, and he said, you know, uh, supports Rodney, loves Rodney, thinks he's a great guy. He's gonna That's above his pay grade, though. He's going to let the, the two sides talk it out. So, to me, it doesn't sound necessarily like a retirement situation because I feel like they would have given him, or, or even a family situation, because I felt like they would have given him that excused absence. So when they throw that, that unexcused absence in there, I mean, he's getting fined. So what's it really coming down to? Is it a contract situation? Is, it, is he just not happy with the situation in Arizona, like you mentioned? So it, there's a lot of unknowns going with that, and it's just so big because he is their guy. I mean, he is just as important as having a guy like Kyler Murray just because he touches the ball, he knows the, he touches the ball every snap, he knows the offense, he helps, uh, you know, get everybody in line, he knows the defense that they're going up against. Like, this guy is the veteran of veterans, and, and not having him and then not having an emergency plan, like, the all the people that mocked Tyler Linderbaum to the Cardinals for the draft, I thought that was ridiculous. But now, in this situation, it looks like it, that could have been a good move for them. So obviously they got Marquise Brown, which I think that's the best move they could have got at sure. that spot. But thinking back, like getting a, a center to fill in, I mean, obviously it's a rookie center, but having a guy like Justin Pugh have to move over from left guard if they have to do that and play center, I mean, then what do you do with the guard spot? Do you move Will Hernandez, who was supposed to be the right guard, over to mm-hmm. left guard, and then you move Justin Murray back to right or, or a Josh Jones back to right guard? I mean, there is so much that's going to happen with this offensive line based on what happens with Rodney Hudson. You mentioned the draft. Uh, you, you've gotten to see the team now in, in several off-season workouts and things like that. What is your take on this particular rookie class for the Cardinals? You know, this one, this one, the biggest thing that stands out to me is just the work ethic. You know, they seem like they really, really want to just hit the grindstone hard and really get to work, which I know a lot of rookies are like that. But, you know, just running through the drills, you know, it doesn't look like they're taking any off. I mean, they're, they're going full speed. I mean, Keontae Ingram, just all the stuff that we can report on and we've seen, like the guy is a really smooth pass catcher. So is Trey McBride. And, and uh, you know, Cameron Thomas is, is just fast, man. And MyJ Sanders is really lean. It can get around the corner. So, you know, 
there's a lot of potential with this rookie class. It's just about getting up to NFL speed and being able to, when the pads come on, being able to have that same kind of determination and grit to keep going. Talking with Tyler Drake from Arizona Sports. He's our Cardinals insider. You can follow him at T Drake for sports. He's a great follow, especially if you're a Cardinal fan or if you're just an NFL fan and need some inside information on all of the teams. That uh, he's your guy to follow for the uh, for the Cardinals. Now, a lot of people, I, I I don't play fantasy sports. I stopped playing fantasy sports like 15 years ago. Uh, you know, I just kind of fell out of love with it. It's just <laughs> one of those situations where if you're in the business long enough, the last thing you want to do is relax by doing more work in the business that you're that you're in. Uh, so I gave up playing fantasy sports a long time ago. But there are a lot of fantasy people out there. Guys are in like seven, eight leagues a season, which I think is ridiculous. But but nonetheless, outside of Kyler Murray, is there a guy that you can say you know, fantasy football, you know, GMs should be definitely looking at if they're looking at you know at an Arizona Cardinal to their roster? Well, first of all, I used to be that guy that had the seven, eight, eight league. So oh uh, I have taken it back to about two or three now, <laughs> if that. So yeah, I, I see where you're, I see where you're at with not playing, but I still got to play. I love playing. I think it actually helps me at some point, just an understanding other teams, other players, all that. But you know, I would say Marquise Brown is one guy that I think is going to obviously have to be a top pick for a wide receiver just in the fact of there's no DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray is going to want to target his best buddy all the time. So that's one guy. James Conner, obviously, is another guy. And then, you know, it's it's going to be interesting, though, with the whole how the running back room shakes out because if, you know, Benjamin can take over that number two spot from Daryl Williams, which I think Daryl Williams is probably the lead candidate for that, but Cliff is talking really highly of Eno lately. So if he can take over that, Eno might be a nice little uh, late-round flyer, maybe even makes it past the draft and somebody could pick him up. Another guy who could be really late and I think is going to take a step forward is Rondell Moore. Just from what we, what I've seen on the practice field and, and how he's talked to us this offseason, the dude is so much more confident in himself and just seems like he's ready to take that next step. And so he would be another guy that I would look at. Um, other than that, you know, obviously the tight end, Zach Ertz, is going to be solid. Mm-hmm. I think Trey McBride could be a nice little flyer. after. I don't think you need to draft him, but maybe after the draft, pick him up just in case. Uh, let's see. Who else? Yeah, those those would probably be my main main guys. Obviously – I think Hopkins, if you can get Hopkins later in rounds, that's going to be huge because when he comes back, you know he's going to be the number one guy. So yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely. And he looks good. He just played in a softball uh, charity event and was running running the bases, so he looked pretty decent. So it looks like the MCL's healing pretty nicely. So, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the MCL and the hammy are okay. Everything's fine there. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think a couple of people were probably holding their breath watching him run, but seems like everything's good there. So, yeah, uh, that that would probably be the, the gist for me right there. Tyler, let me ask you this. What are, you, what are your thoughts? And this is this is something that I was talking with uh, a buddy of mine who used to be uh, an assistant GM with, with another NFC West team, uh, you know, just about uh, up to about seven years ago. He was an assistant GM with, with, with this team. I brought up the, the thought of, of Cliff going with double tight ends. Now that he has two pass-catching tight ends, and Zach Ertz, Mr. Reliable, and Trey McBride, who every, everything I've heard about him, he is smooth as silk out there from the tight end position. What are yeah. your thoughts? And, and, and has there been any discussion about a, a two tight end set in the passing game? I, you know, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna see quite a bit of it. To be honest, yeah. I think, I think this team is going to focus on pounding the rock with James Conner and, and having more of the passing game, not necessarily on the back burner, but 
really setting up the setting up their game plan with that run game, which they they did great with last year, and we saw what happened when they set it up like that. But yeah, you throw two tight ends, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the pass catchers either, because Max Williams showed us last year sure. if he's fully healthy and able to come in, he can be that really really solid blocker plus can get out there and make a couple plays. So I really think that we're going to see quite a bit of uh, two tight end sets, to be honest, just because I think the mentality of this offense is changing a little bit to where they just need to be that nitty-gritty, run the rock, and then throw it over the top to beat you type of team. So I would say we will be very – very likely we'll see two tight ends out there, and they'll be running a lot of stuff with it. Well, plus and, – and not to get too, you know, too deep into the X's and O's of football and stuff like that, but – if you're a team that is having some inconsistency at offensive line, and it appears that the Cardinals right now are, as you previously discussed, they may have to start playing checkers with their offensive line pieces if Rodney Hudson doesn't show up or is late or whatever have you doesn't fit in. Extending that offensive line out, if you go double tight end set and if you line them both up and so you, you go essentially into a jumbo set but you have two pass-catching tight ends, that then forces those edge rushers even further away from Kyler Murray and those, you know, three-tenths, four-tenths of a second in the world of, of the NFL, especially with a quick-twitch player like Kyler Murray, can be the difference between a sack and a big play. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's kind of what they're, uh, you know, recognizing is we don't need to have the best pocket. We just have to make sure nobody can get to Kyler to where he can do his thing and make things happen because that's really what it comes down to. This offense doesn't go without Kyler Murray, like plain and simple. You could fill in any other position and probably get away with it if Kyler's playing at the level he was playing at the beginning of the season. But, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where you've got to buy him enough time to where he can do his scrambling, he can do whatever, however he wants to get comfortable, and then fire off that one over the top to Marquise Brown or whoever have you. Like That's really what it comes down to. So why not put a couple more blockers out there that can actually maybe hit a guy, run out, and there's your first down. There's, there's what you need every time instead of just looking for that giant play back-to-back. All right, now I know that this is way early in the process and there's still a, a thousand things that are going to happen uh, you know, leading up until the season kicks off in September. But unfortunately, I won't have a chance to ask you in August what you think the record <laughs> prediction will be for the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm going to put you on the spot now. I'm sure you've gone over the schedule. I'm sure you've thought this thing through, whether you know Hopkins is back in six, after six games or after four games, whatever. What it, what it, what would you say your prediction for a win loss record for the Cardinals this year is? So with the with the Rodney Hudson situation, before all that happened, I you know I still think this could be a ten win team. I call me crazy. I still think they can win double digits. I think they could go ten and seven. They could steal a couple couple games. That week one game against the Chiefs, I might sound crazy right now, but I think that's a lot of that's a closer game than a lot of people are imagining just because you've got to take into account Patrick Mahomes doesn't have his favorite receiver in Tyree Kill anymore. So, obviously, the Cardinals don't have DeAndre Hopkins, but I still think with Marquise Brown there, they can make up for that. So, I'm going to say 10-7 and seven right now, still saying 10-7, and seven, even despite the Hudson situation. It might, I mean, one or two games, maybe less or or uh, – but but yeah, about that that would that would be it. I would say ten and seven. Worst, I would say like eight and nine. I think like, I mean, worst best case scenario if you don't have Hudson, obviously. So that's kind of where I'm at. Eight to ten, depending on where Hudson's at. Okay, hey, that's uh, that's you know, that's kind of where I've got him too. I don't think 
if everything comes together and if the 49ers are a disappointment, if, if Trey Lance is not the guy and they end up just not being able to generate a whole lot of consistent offense, and I think 10 wins is absolutely on the table for the Cardinals, who always play the 49ers well. It seems like the, you know, they, for some reason Kyler Murray always is able to make one big play against the 49ers that changes the outcome of the game. Uh, but I, I, I think that a lot of it depends. I mean, look, it's, it's the NFL. It, it, it is the most unpredictable thing on the planet probably is trying to predict the NFL. So, uh, like I said, I, I think I'm with you. Anywhere between 8 and 10 wins is on the table for the Cardinals. You know, last year I had them, uh, you know, I had them right around 8 wins, and they, they surprised me. They came out, you know, 8-0, obviously. So, um but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think somewhere between eight and ten is the uh, is the target for the Cardinals. Tyler, I appreciate the time, man. Your expertise, you've been great. Uh, I'm glad that Justin and Ali have picked you up and, and bringing you on as a Cardinals insider on the afternoon show from three to six here on ESPN Tucson. Keep continuing with all the great articles on Arizona Sports, and of course with all the great updates on Twitter. You can follow him at T Drake for Sports, and I will see you. And your lovely bride, and hopefully your uh, your lovely daughter, sometime real soon. We'll have to we'll have to go out and, uh, and grab dinner sometime soon. Okay. Yeah, you let me know, man. Anytime. And, and again, thank you again. I cannot thank you enough. I appreciate the conversations we've had, and and just you know helping me on my career path. Uh, you you've been a big part of that, and can't thank you enough. Well, you are you are making it your own now, my man. So I'm glad that you have uh, taken it and run with it. You're doing a great job, and continue on, brother. Yep, definitely, definitely. Will do. All right. That's Tyler Drake right there of Arizona Sports. He is uh, our Cardinals insider, has been since the uh, since the return of the Jeff Dean Show last year. And you can also hear him afternoons with Spears and Ali uh, from 3 to 6 here on ESPN Tucson when they bring him in to talk Arizona Cardinal football as well. Going to take a timeout. Final segment of the Jeff Dean Show coming up next right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Enjoy talking some Cardinal football there with Tyler Drake. Of course, uh, that's been my promise to you guys every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show is we would talk NFL, and we did. We uh, I was able to keep that promise. I'm somebody who is a, a promise keeper. I don't make promises that I cannot keep, and I am always uh, you know, keeping that in the, the utmost of importance in my life. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that, that we held strong with that and uh, carried it through. Uh, if, you're, if you're just tuning into the program uh, just now or tuning in a little bit uh, later, you're getting up a little bit later on this Friday, which you've probably earned, by God. Uh, I, uh, I am going to be stepping away from the Jeff Dean Show the uh, the, the day is going to be the last day of the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. I will still be doing some things with the radio station with ESPN Tucson. I'm going to continue to give you horrible advice on FanDuel Sportsbook um, <laughs> and some of the bets out there. Uh, but you can still claim all of the great promotions via my promo code and stuff, so be listening for that, and also some, uh, some other things as well. Uh, I'll be looking forward to joining Justin and Ali on their show from 3 to 6, from time to time, as they bring me on for God knows whatever reason they would need my opinion on seeing, on things. But nonetheless, I enjoy talking to those guys, and uh, they do a phenomenal job on their sh- on their radio show. Look, I've been doing this a long time. I've been in radio for 24 years. Started when I was 21 years old. I was very fortunate to be given a wonderful opportunity to work with the, and I do mean the, 
greatest country radio station in the entire in the entire world. Uh, when I started working for KNIX Radio up here in Phoenix, working for the Owens family, um, it has transitioned mightily. I, I've gone from country radio to uh, soft rock radio to mix radio to hip hop, um, and then finally on to sports radio, where I've spent the last 17 years of uh, of my career in uh, in doing sports and doing what I love, and I've really really enjoyed it. And this is not a uh, decision that I that I took lightly. Um, it is literally a decision for my own health. Um, if, if you don't know, I have a uh, I have a business up here in Phoenix that um, requires my 100% 24/7 attention. Um, I had two business partners when we started the business 13 and a half years ago. Both of the business partners left. Uh, one of them abruptly in January. I've been trying to hold things together for six months, but uh, alas. Uh, honestly, my health has been failing, and uh, it's something that I need to take care of. I need for for once in my life, I need to take care of myself. I need to put myself first, and uh, and get the help that I need as far as health wise goes. And I just need that extra time in the day to get rest, to get healthy, um, and to focus on other things. So, unfortunately, the uh, the radio show had to go because I still have a business to run, and you know. A lot of money and a lot of people that uh, that require my uh, my full attention up here uh, in running that business. As I mentioned, I'll still be doing stuff. I still have a studio here at home that I'll be working out of, doing voice work and things like that. And like I said, I'll be continuing to do things with ESPN Tucson because the people at ESPN Tucson, uh, at leadership there and at Lotus Group are wonderful, wonderful people to work for. Um, when I notified them that I was going to be stepping down, you know, their biggest concern was, are you going across the street? You know, that's the, that's the terminology. And, uh, I said, I couldn't imagine myself working for anyone else other than the people that I work for at Lotus and at ESPN. So, um, thank you to everybody. I'm not going to name everybody by name because I will certainly forget people. (laughs) So I'm not going to do that, but to everyone who, you know, I've worked with over the years there at Lotus and at ESPN Tucson, I appreciate you and your understanding, all the great people that work there, work hard, um, work extra hours, putting in the time and the effort to keep things rolling there. It is a uh, it is a tough job, and it is not easy to keep a radio station going, keep people entertained, uh, to keep people in the know. We have news, music, you know, all kinds of different outlets there uh, running through that, uh, through that building, and uh, they do a wonderful job. And everyone there that I've worked with specifically, you know, I've worked with, of course, Mary, my producer, for the last year and a half, and, of course, Mireya, who was taking care of things today while Mary is on vacation, all done phenomenal jobs. Everybody who has, uh, you know, has worked inside that tiny little studio there at, uh, at Lotus at the ESPN Tucson studio, that ridiculously small studio. <laughs> I applaud you guys, man. That thing was rough to work out of. I got to be honest. That was not an easy place to do business, especially if you got like Spears and Ali, where they bring people into the studio, man. They got like five people in there. It's like being in a closet with four other people. It's uh, it's tough. But thank you to everyone who down you know down there uh, put in the time and the effort to keep things together and. Absolutely, thank you to the listeners and the people in the community of Tucson who have been nothing but wonderful to work with and be alongside. And I still look forward to seeing you guys at the games, at football games, at basketball games. Please don't hesitate to come up and introduce yourself and say hello. I'll be kicking around down there quite a bit. And uh, so I look forward to seeing you guys. And a lot of great things 
on the University of Arizona campus with our athletic programs. That is going to wrap things up for the Jeff Dean Show. I want to thank you guys. Of course, thanks to Mireya back in the studio for keeping me on the air today. Appreciate it. And thanks to you all. Join Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6, and I will see you guys real soon down there in Tucson. Have a great weekend, everybody.